0: Stretch of land and God we trust was an afterthought. This faith is a process, but money changes hands. Besides, it takes some time for the deep pain in the eyes to dry. Contact sex You older, the man who did it King said, while I'm still trying to bury the dead, they're debating what King said. While I'm still trying to bury the dead, they're debating what King said. While I'm still trying to bury the dead.
1: You're listening to Left of the Dial. I'm your host, Kitsy, And filling in for the unavailable Caleb Coy is South Jersey correspondent and the Pine Baroness herself, Andrea Quinn.
2: You know what? I want that to follow me podcast to podcast, network to network. So I'm going to I'm going to take it.
1: Which one? South Jersey correspondent, Jersey correspondent.
2: South Jersey correspondent, Pine Baroness, Andrea Quinn, all
1: of the above. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's your official title now.
2: Patreon.com slash New Jersey is the world for all your New Jersey podcast needs.
1: Wow. Already plugging your other podcast mm-hmm. and we're 30 seconds into that's the right. episode. I'm a
2: shill for my product.
1: Uh, Good job.
2: Thank you. Someone's
1: got to do it. <laughs> Someone's got to earn Chris Gethard that money. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. And we have a guest today. Uh, We have Maya from Queers to the Front here Mm. in the studio, live and in person, which is very exciting. Very exciting. I don't think we've ever done an interview
3: in person before. That is incredible. I'm honored. On (sighs) this podcast. So welcome. Yeah, we're so happy to have you. Thank you. appreciate it. Philly, what a lovely time.
1: (laughs) So I'd like to start out just, uh, if you could just kind of explain what Queers to the Front is, what you do, um, just kind of you
3: know, give us your elevator pitch. Questfront. We're a company doing artist management. We're doing touring and we're doing all sorts of artist services to um, help artists get their music heard and uh, professionalize their surroundings, professionalize their environment and and really help them um, get to the next level in their careers. Um, And there's a political angle to all of this in the sense of that. It's kind of in the name already, I reckon, but uh, Questfront is a company that Brings marginalized artists to the front. um, Yeah, and really help make the music industry more diverse and more queer. Hell yeah. And a bit less of a sea of white men. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. Sea of white men sounds like my nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to hell. AKA every music festival ever. Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. A good place to start would be to talk about some of the bands that you work with. Um, I know you sent over a list of songs uh, by bands that you work with. Do you want to just pick one and we'll kind of talk about it?
3: 100%, yeah. Let's start with uh, my main full-time management client, uh, a band called Guilt out of Jacksonville, Florida. Uh,
1: We will actually have heard that song at the intro to the podcast. So how did you find Guilt, or how did they find you? How did that happen?
3: Um, It's been a while already. Um, They've already kind of always been on my radar for three years maybe more than that they're a pretty heavy touring band Mm -hmm. and that's sort of always been their big brand and that brought them on my radar probably like three years ago and i think it was because they're friends with another band that i've been working with for a while on and off uh, called pity party from uh, california um and so yeah they've they've always kind of been on my radar um i've tried to bring them over to uh, europe twice which uh, didn't work out for for multiple reasons um, and yeah then it just kind of happened that I started to get into artist management myself and I I was looking for potential artists to work with and sort of just having a bit of a look at, at the music industry as is right now and I wanted to see if I could find smaller artists that are sort of ready to take the next step and also committed to doing it but also bring in or already bringing in a little bit of foundation themselves out of touring out of um out of a good record and uh, they had just released an album i think they were uh, maybe a little bit lost looking for direction where to go next you know mid pandemic um and uh, yeah one thing came to the other and i uh yeah i started uh, full-time managing them uh, about nearly a year now and uh, that's just what we've been doing together now yeah and guild are really awesome
2: <laughs> yeah guild's great i think they were probably um the band i was most familiar with no off way. your um, roster to start
3: with it's incredible um, it's about time we get them here for left of the Start session yes yes, yes. i yeah. mean anybody the that moment you they're bring in through, philly <laughs> i gotcha um, i gotcha
2: i think uh the three of us are seem to have uh pretty overlapping overlapping yeah uh, interest and taste so anybody Hell that yeah. you want to bring through i'm saying <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I
1: already. I said You're it last night. We were talking last night, and I, I said the door. same thing. Like, whoever you've got, mm-hmm. send them in. Yeah, we'll but
2: I, I love what you said about, like, they're already a band who has, or who had, before you started working with them, a little bit of a following. And, and you, like, saw, it sounds like, that they kind of had the drive. And it seems like there's always a point with a band where they're starting to build, and then they just... I mean there's only so much you can do on your own right before exactly. you have to bring in yes. other people and and I think it's great that you're somebody who's kind of keeping your eye out for that kind of thing and just you know. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's actually not that easy to find bands that are at that spot cuz usually the way I see it go with artists tend to be, you know, they'll do the classic couple EPs Local shows, regional shows sort of like go from there um, and uh, they start committing, they do say the first national tour, get the first little bit of um, attention uh, from around the country, they do the first album um, and that maybe goes well or it doesn't go so well. Um, but yeah, that sort of that point right after album number one tends to be the point where where bands either commit or they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's not just commitment to be honest. Like the music industry, unfortunately, is very classist mm-hmm. in the sense yeah, that absolutely. it's less about committing but more about having connections and money, mm-hmm. and it is money that it comes down to. Mm-hmm. So, um, but but yeah, like that point after album one is is where I tend to look for artists that that are ready to to. Uh, bring in an external member or external members and like build up a team and mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't really make sense so much to pick up an artist at the very start for management either because there needs to be something to work off already mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah it's, it takes a little while to start seeing those patterns and start seeing those bands come up but um, it's honestly the fun part of the job it's, it's kind of like a and for a label so mm-hmm. pretty cool. What would you say sets guilt apart from
1: other bands because i'm sure there were other bands that you looked at and considered working with and maybe even approached so like what what made them the band that you you know went with
3: um two things their work ethic and their commitment Mm -hmm. um so i saw both of these things from the fact that only off the back of a couple eps uh they had already done multiple multi-month tours across Mexico US and Canada completely self-booked um mm-hmm. did that uh, fairly reasonably uh, successful um, yeah and that to me showed a commitment like going on tour for like three months on a DIY run that you've booked yourself um that That's stood out to something me. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> yeah and I knew that there was something there plus you know they write pretty kick-ass music. <laughs> uh, the debut album they did was really good, but it never got the attention that it should have. It, it was released in like August 2020, sort of worst timing possible, mm-hmm. and not a lot of budget. Um, and uh, yeah, I really felt there was a story to be told, and especially the moment—the moment I knew I was onto something though was when Guild switched out the main vocalist for uh, the new vocalist now who. Uh, Is called Ash and who used to just play the drums and who's now the front vocalist. And that was pretty much the first decision we made together when I when I came in for management. And um, there wasn't really any material from Ash singing yet, quite yet. And so I pretty much just asked him to like give me a little like shot from like a band practice or something because thanks to the pandemic, I couldn't fly over and meet them in person. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it was all, all Zoom. Um, and so Ash just sent send me over this like, 30 minute uh 30 second like really bad clip but uh, <laughs> just seeing them perform that to the camera i don't know i knew it was onto something at like a week later they had recorded their life uh session for their own annual charity festival uh, snip um yeah and seeing that video i knew that that i was onto something and uh yeah i um I sort of put it all on one card, decided to give it a go and pretty much immediately uh, we made the decision together to roll out that video from from the Snipfist set really quickly and then that did really well and it just kind of went from there and I like it, it probably comes with time and territory working in, in, in creative industries where at some point you just know when you're onto something mm-hmm. and you've got that instinct and I've had that with them and and them actually backing that up with a commitment to work and showing up for weekly meetings and um yeah, it, it turned into a quite um symbiotic relationship quite quite fast, which is exactly what a management artist management and artist uh, relationship should look like. Um yeah, and I think off of the back of that, I think um, there's good chances of good success.
2: Mm-hmm. Excellent. I was wondering if we could back up just a little bit because we kind of jumped right into um, the first band that you kind of sought out and started to work with. But what kind of led you to that point? What What did you like see or what's your your history leading up to that that made you realize this is something you wanted to do and that you had something that you know would be beneficial for for artists that kind of thing.
3: Sure. Um so I've been I've been in music for for about 10 years now. Uh, I've I've played in bands myself. I've I've taught myself. I've sort of done a whole host of things. Then I sort of naturally managed every band I've ever played in <laughs> and I never really thought much of it. It just came to me and that was sort of the very ethos of DIY from the very start, mm-hmm. you know, like Um, played in my very first band nobody would book us and we were living in this like dead town in the middle of nowhere uh so surely we'd have to set up our own show because otherwise it wouldn't happen and so we just did and like i i did realistically and i never thought much of it and so i set up the next one and the next one and then i booked our first tour and then it kind (laughs) of i never really thought much of it. it just it just really came with necessity um and so, so you just kind of learn how to do it on the fly and you teach it to yourself and um, and, and there you go and then you start meeting other bands and then you see how they do it and you kind of go from there and I can still trace back loads of kind of contacts or decisions that I made 10 years ago that brought me to to where I stand today and it's always been very strategic uh, for me and... Um, however i never really thought i wanted or i could make it into a career cuz i mean everybody knows making a career out of the creative industries is near impossible <laughs> or like very hard so i was always like ah whatever and um but after a while, after, I don't know, five, six years in music, I really knew that that this was it. Like, this is this is it for life. I'm not going to do anything else. Um, I, f- I found my place. So <laughs> uh, eventually uh, one thing just, just came to the other. And uh, so originally I started Quest Front as uh, more of a booking agency. And I thought of it more as a way to, all I wanted to do is just connect the dots for marginalized artists. Because I would see... Uh, a lot of kind of like queer friendly or like pro-feminist or whatever, like promoters and venues sort of come up more and more at that time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like four, four years ago, that was what, like 2017, I started seeing things sort of come up. Um, But I noticed that there, there was nobody to really connect those dots. And from all of those years of touring, I had all of these contacts and eventually realized like there's something to be done with that. And like, I should give other people access to that, like wealth of knowledge. Um, and yeah, then then I started to to do it sort of as a booking agency uh, that quite quickly turned into tour management and then I then I was like, why don't I just buy a van and like <laughs> buy a bunch of gear and like just <laughs> drive the artists around and sort of do the whole thing and it just kind of went from there until the pandemic crashed all of that mm-hmm. to to very much zero. I was just about to go back into my fallback job as a lab assistant, but, I turned it around <laughs> and instead <laughs> decided to become an artist manager. Um which again, like now that I you know, now that I say it out loud, I think it's kind of like quite out there why it just like it like it's 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 quite natural if I look back on it. Like it, it was a natural pipeline to happen. But yeah, eventually I just um just, just did that sort of out of necessity, and artist management was sort of the next best thing I could think up for still working in the music industry, not losing a ton of money in the process, and being able to mostly be financially independent from live music, which at that stage I did not know if that was ever going mm-hmm. to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, and um, ever since I've, I've just done that, and I, I don't know. I truly think I'm made for this job. As weird as it sounds, but like, I don't, I don't mean to be pretentious, but
2: that doesn't sound weird at all. um,
3: Sometimes sometimes you just find your place. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, this is just what I do. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way about doing like audio engineering. Like it's just, that's where I'm at home. That's where I'm comfortable. It's where. And I can see this is so much your environment. Like this is really, really (laughs) sick to see. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. We spent a lot of time in this room. (laughs) Turns out.
1: Uh, But that's good, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> it's, i mean it's a good room it's a good so, room but, so it's my it's my favorite room in the whole house but
2: i like that's something that i think um just i mean listening to, to what you said there and working with Kitsie, that it sounds like the two of you have in common is that like there was something that needed to be done that other people weren't doing the way you thought it could or should maybe mm-hmm. be being done and so you just did it because of somebody it's it's almost like diy stands for yourself yeah, almost. it's almost like that. It's almost like that. Um, <laughs> so I I think that it... Yeah, I just... I, end of sentence. Okay.
1: So something I'm curious about is you're currently based in Austria. And a lot of the bands, I think all the bands you work with are from the U.S., right? Do you find that challenging <laughs> to... to- Work across uh,
3: time zones and continents like that. Mm, yeah, none of this was planned to to happen this way. <laughs> just to say that in my defense. Um, <laughs> now, like jokes aside, the the, the problem is, um, I, I I I for some for some reason uh, my company just worked out really well in the U.S. Since I uh, officially expanded two years ago, um, and sort of did my first tour and met people for lunch and and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, like from the very get go, there was really, really good reception for sort of the ideas that I wanted to bring in about bringing marginalized people to the front and sort of my approach to a lot of, uh, business and I don't know, it, um, it never quite worked out as well anywhere else. And ever since, uh, I've been trying to, uh, to move the business and, and myself over here, but, um, mm-hmm. Unless, uh, U.S. visas are nearly impossible mm-hmm. to to come mm-hmm. by and pay for. Uh, we spoke about it yesterday, about the million dollar, um, I think, E1 visa that would allow you to stay for five years. And unfortunately, I ain't got those uh, those million <laughs> dollars in the back. Um, yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's genuinely sheer impossible to to find a visa route uh, as um, a small business owner, and and that is that is really the only thing that's keeping me from from being here full time, and so I'm doing what I can and coming over on the uh, visa waiver as often as I can. Um, and doing the rest remotely over Zoom until a visa re- open up opens up for me. Um, the most challenging thing about it, well, is exactly that, but also the time zones. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, in today's world, like you know, work work from home remotely, work over Zoom is is work of the future. Like, none mm-hmm. of that is uh, out there, but um, it's it's really just the time zones that, that um are, are from Genini. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm hoping to solve that by uh, eventually moving to the next best place in the, the same time zones, which is Canada, which has really good visas. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I'm currently uh, preparing. Um, and it really also depends on when embassies start to work mm-hmm. in normal hours again. Which could be... You never know any amount of time at this point. Oh yeah, yeah. just just a couple of months ago, the U.S. embassy in Vienna, Austria, had uh, 990 days uh, of uh, waiting times for an appointment. Oh, <laughs> good <God>. lord! <laughs> so, this is this is what I'm dealing with at the yeah. moment.
2: Hopefully, that's one of those things that, as it starts to open up, it'll like exponentially in re- reverse, like it'll. Oh, no, it will just
3: expense, exponentially get worse, unfortunately, because <laughs> yeah. um, obviously they've got a huge waiting list of people for appointments now and then they're slowly going to open up capacities and like bring more stuff in again and stuff like that once it's possible uh, and, and safe to do so. Um, but yeah, like they're going to have to get through that waiting list first mm-hmm. and there's going to be a huge influx of people wanting appointments as soon as the appointment times are getting shorter again. So in other words, it's going to be easily another half year, maybe a year of everything yeah. being completely blocked up until maybe things go back to the waiting time efficiency it used to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, if anything, I'm I'm crossing all my fingers at the moment, but uh, I, I don't anticipate to be able to make the overseas move in, like, less than two years.
2: So we'll see about that. We'll keep all of our fingers all the way across, too. I yes. I mean, we have our biggest time zone difference is an hour across people <laughs> with our network, and we still have trouble sometimes. Yeah. People showing up to meetings and stuff on time. So. Oh,
1: Caleb. <laughs> our, one, our one central time zone person. <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, I, I, you know, my, my day job, I work, my company's based in San Francisco. Most of my team is in Pacific time. And so that's a Mm -hmm. three hour difference, which is already challenging enough. So I can't imagine, I mean, I've, I've also lived in overseas where like time zones were completely opposite and that was a challenge too. So I I definitely feel that. Um, so Yeah. Yeah, It's we, challenging, but... No easy um, answer there, other than mm-mm. just
3: m- meetings at weird times. <laughs> oh, yeah, like whenever I'm I'm in Europe, my uh, normal workday would be something like starting to work at like maybe 11, 12 in the morning. Um, and then pretty much work through the day and try to be done by midnight <laughs> um, with sort of breaks in between, depending on how meetings go and mm-hmm. stuff, but... It's definitely not out the norm for me to t- to like have a meeting at like eleven p.m. Sometimes I need to take meetings at like two, three, four in the morning, uh, with people in Pacific time, and I really, really try to be done by midnight European time as often as I can, and that's kind of what I've been what I've been going with. But yeah, now now that I've been here for, for a bit again oh, it's so good to and efficient to be in the right time zones and not always <laughs> thinking about when to send off which message and when to reach which person and always running behind the clock is is actually very exhausting. Oh yeah. So about about time that I that I that I get over here full time. <laughs> well, hopefully, something shakes out that that enables you to do that because
1: it's it's really it's just it's it's frustrating how hard it is. To do that and it's one of those things like you 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 know if you have money Mm -hmm. problem solved it's just another million bucks yeah Mm -hmm. got in the back don't worry about that it's just a (laughs) it's just another case of like where you know just everything is just significantly harder if you don't have money yep Mm -hmm. and it sucks that that's the society that we live in
3: but here we are yeah i mean also the u.s just happens to be one of those countries that really doesn't like immigrants Mm -hmm. which is weird when you think about it, because, like, most of us
1: are immigrants in one way or another, or and have have come from immigrants. Right. So, it's kind of weird for a bunch of people to show up to a country, take it over,
3: and then say, Ah, no, 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 you're not coming over here. Absolutely not. It's genuinely interesting to see other people's immigration policies, like... um the even the way the like immigration service websites look uh, in comparison between uh, the United States and Canada is such a galaxy wide uh, difference. Like, Canada really says, you know, please come in, we've got a self employment visa, young business owners, small business owners, come in here, make your business better, make Canada better, we want you here. Um, and I, I really genuinely couldn't believe it when I saw the website for the first time. I was just like, no, nah, this this can't be right. Like, mm-hmm. is, that the, is, that, is that the right website? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I feel like Canada's probably, yeah, what the next years are going to be for me. And uh, for Europeans, Canada tends to be the easiest route into legally working in the US as well because on that self-employment visa, I could uh, go for a citizenship, a dual citizenship after five years already. Um, and then with that have less restrictions working legally in the u.s so um yeah it's 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 a bit of a complicated situation to Mm -hmm. put it like that (laughs) for sure well let's uh let's talk about another band that you work with you want
1: to just pick one and we'll we'll
3: go with it hell yeah so uh we oh let's let's talk about let's talk about our local here let's talk (laughs) about uh Siberian tiger yes hell yeah
4: i've been grinding my
3: Uh, so yeah, I've been uh, I've been working uh, with with Alan for a little bit now, uh, basically doing sort of paid by the hour um, marketing and, and and sort of general music business consultancy. And uh, yeah, whilst to the outset it might look like there's not much happening at the moment, um, behind the scenes uh, we're we're handling quite a lot of very uh, exciting ideas that I don't think I can I can quite share yet. But uh, let me let me just say it's been really nice to to come around Philly in the last couple of days and hear different people sort of independently and unpromptedly uh, talking about how much they like Ounce of and Tiger. And uh, for some reason, everybody talked about the very same song, uh, Grinding My Teeth, which uh, I thought was a really cool thing. So, so I thought I'll mention it here. Excellent.
1: Uh, I know uh, Elm was actually in my studio recently uh, recording some, uh, I, I want to say cello. Yep. Yeah. for Brian. The, or, yeah. For Brian.
2: That was one of the one that I was here for. Yeah. Yeah. You were here for that. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. That was awesome. Ellen's great. Um. I didn't. I didn't make that connection.
1: That's the. That's the <laughs> connection. <laughs> Hell yeah. So uh, hopefully we'll have to talk about getting Ellen back in here for Left the Dial Live because uh, I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. If only we knew somebody. If only we knew somebody. Help us make
1: that <laughs> If only we knew like eight people that knew Ellen. Could
3: <laughs> set up a, a call or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, we sh- We should. We should do this. Hundred percent. Awesome. Uh,
1: so, how did you how did you meet Ellen? How did you get uh, working with them?
3: Uh, it was honestly them just, I think, DMing me on Instagram or something. Like, uh, yeah, I um, I was just sort of making a post, being like, "Hey, these are the services that I offer. Uh, I want to help much less artists um, at affordable rates. Uh, just hit me up." And Ellen did, and. Uh, yeah, we, we had a bunch of conversations um, and originally we were also talking about management, but um, one way or the other didn't didn't really work out, but uh, it did work out on more of a consultancy level, which is cool. Um, and uh, yeah, a couple of days ago, I also got to meet them for the first time in person. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. Because um, again, yeah, I haven't been able to, to enter the United States for uh, two years now, um, And this is my first time back, and even to make that happen, I had to spend uh, two weeks in Canada as a workaround around the uh, current travel restrictions. That, Funnily enough, it just got announced a couple of weeks ago that they will now be lifted in November. (laughs) So bad timing for me.
2: Did you have to do the like two week hotel quarantine, that whole thing? I, I
3: didn't have to quarantine, luckily. because oh, okay. um, So Canada opened its borders for the first time again for fully vaccinated travelers. But I did have to get a PC artist and have a quarantine plan in place just in case. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah i could i could just hang out and and do my thing two weeks in canada which honestly could be worse Mm -hmm. um but still you know i I wish i didn't have to kind of waste that time that that i could have had over here yeah Um, Uh. yeah gotta 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 do what you gotta do
2: that's uh gethard who um he had to go to canada to to film something Mm -hmm. um and they hadn't quite Open things up yet, and mm-hmm. he spent like, literally two weeks in a hotel room. wasn't allowed to take a walk around the block. Mm-hmm. Apparently, even if they caught you doing that much, the fine was like something like a hundred thousand dollars. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah, something. yeah,
3: That's that's the number. Unreal. Canada is pretty. Uh... And he
2: was, I mean, fully vaccinated. Mm. Like, I mean, I you know, I I wish we <laughs> uh,
3: took it seriously. Took
2: it a little more seriously.
3: If only here, Ca- so Canada is not... doing it well. To be fair, mm-hmm. though, like. Um, I I felt really safe the whole way, and uh, they've they've been really good with it. And and mm-hmm. yeah, it was quite a lot of paperwork to, that I had to submit to get in the country and stuff. But uh, I'm 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 glad it's the way it is, and uh, the fact that I didn't have to register for any type of contact tracing when entering the U.S. whatsoever, and that I could get in on a simple anti-gene test with nothing else mm-hmm. was really freaky.
2: Yeah, it's.
3: Yeah, we don't do anything like that. It's
2: a little unsettling, yeah. (laughs) It really is.
1: But here we are, and hopefully, we're all going to be okay. (laughs) Hopefully, I guess we'll find out. (laughs) I don't know. We're
2: going to be great. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's
1: going to be fine. So you're you're here now. Obviously, Um, I think we can all agree on that.
3: uh, and you are heading to to fest that is correct oh yeah my first time at fest actually uh, oh really it's your first time s- yeah for some reason i've never made it the the last time fest happened two years ago i was on tour oh i remember that um <laughs> i was on tour myself uh in uh, nebraska at the time when fest happened and uh we, me, me and my my tour mate, uh, lived out of a uh, seven seater grand caravan mm-hmm. for like a whole two month run across the U S, Um and it was yeah like Halloween and we were just hitting Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, that that's what I very much remember. It was snowing outside, friggin freezing, mm-hmm. and uh, we we were sleeping in the van, uh engine on idle in warmer in a warmer parking lot, freezing our butts off and uh, seeing photos from all our friends uh, playing Fest and sweating under the palm trees. Um, <laughs> yeah. That is when I swore to myself the next time I would be at Fest, not in Nebraska. <laughs> and here you are. <laughs> and here I am, That's right. uh, flying down flying down uh, in a week um, into the very lion's den of COVID, the infection <laughs> numbers. Yeah. yeah,
2: I mean, Fest, the folks at Fest have been... Really they've been incredible yeah. though they've yeah. been
3: honestly they pressured bands quite quite good um but I appreciate that and I'm glad they found at least a workaround around the uh, governor's uh, heinous yeah. policy mm-hmm. um, so at least fest uh, can ask now for uh, a, a mandatory um, PC artist within 48 hours um, or a vaccination proof that is not mandatory though. Which is the workaround. Yeah.
2: My favorite thing about it is how little time they've had for anybody pushing back on it. Like, mm-hmm. it's not... It's it's very clear that they yeah. are, you know, as, as dedicated as they can be, all things 100%. considered, to keeping people safe.
1: Yes. Is, there was, like, that one person on Facebook that was like, you know, this isn't punk rock at all. And, like, punk means going against the government, not being about vaccines. I was like, what are you talking about?
2: <sighs> I have to think that was, like, a... Fifteen-year-old. I wonder if it's like, the same person that was tweeting
3: about. <gasps> I was us. gonna say, is it real punk one eighty two?
2: It might That's be. That's so funny. It might be.
3: <gasps> oh, it, I, it, I, I guess so.
2: must be.
1: I really? guess. Well, I wasn't gonna acknowledge this, but I guess now we are. Uh, real punk one eighty two. <laughs> real punk one eighty two on Twitter.
3: Uh, Big ups for the best username I've seen in all year. Yeah, as yeah. mature as a friggin' fifteen-year-old.
1: Uh, so I just, I,
3: you know, I want to, I want to address something because,
1: uh, you know, we got called out for being, um, being fake punks and only, only featuring, uh, what was it, whiny, whiny emo. emo bullshit, whiny indie emo bullshit. <laughs> um, first of all, I don't think we ever claimed to be punk.
2: Well, especially when you think, I mean, on the podcast, you've covered Rick Moranis. Uh,
1: yes, the classic Rick Moranis, the, the classic country artist Rick Moranis, uh-huh.
2: um, and yeah. and no one else, and, and the only person I could think of, but yeah. I just mean like it's as somebody who's not technically yeah. a host here, yeah, I, I never would have thought to describe y'all as being particularly concerned with, yeah, like genre in general, yeah, and then
1: just the, and then the comment of like no real punk bands, like we had Mikey Erg in the studio, <laughs> First so like, of all, how dare so you? like I dare you to tell Mikey Erg he's not a real punk band. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, anyway, you know, if you don't like our what we do, then just fucking, there's so many other websites out there. Just go mm-hmm. to those. There's so many others. I, go, so li- many. go
3: listen to Blink-182, Yeah, you <laughs> came from. Go, go back to that. Yeah. Go, go put your Anarchy t-shirt on. Put your Blink-182 <laughs> record on and just... You know, just turn off the computer. We we do we do have to describe the, the the user profile though for anybody that doesn't know it's uh it's quite literally a newly created account that that ha- only has two tweets that are both uh, left of the dial isn't real punk <laughs> um, and it's a it's, it's a very random anarchy uh, graffiti logo type of thing as the user uh, profile picture. Um, the username is very much real punk 182. It literally is uh, real which, punk 182 is that is the, f- is the username. the funniest thing to me because blink 182 are, so real in punks. many ways the very <laughs> except, very uh, opposite of, of what <laughs> punk rock yeah is yeah. so uh, so yeah happy days big ups to uh, real punk 182 and uh, I know. Go back to your mom's house. <laughs> My guess is they're
2: probably listening too. Is if they're, you know what I mean? Like maybe I was uh, saying
3: yesterday to you, Kitsi uh, the fact, um, like that, they apparently spend so much time, mm-hmm. you know, listening to your episodes and stuff like that. The fact that the fact that they literally said in that tweet, um, "I've been seeing the left of the dial stuff all over the internet," says something yeah. about their algorithm learning which i find very interesting mm-hmm. and tells a lot about how they spent their time.
2: Mm, good point. Interesting. I just like that we're being seen a lot everywhere. I just I feel seen. You know, I feel <laughs> so nice. seen
1: and it just feels nice. <laughs> it's a win. Mm-hmm. So, it's a win. Yeah. You've you've got to get the haters on your side. You I know? mean, you know what? We no one we're never going to please everybody, right? And that's okay. Like that's... I you know, we we cover the music that we like. That's that's that has always been the only rule of this well it started out as a podcast and now is a whole thing <laughs> um, but that's always been the only rule is like mm-hmm. so one of us has to like the music that we're covering and then we can cover it. That's literally the only qualifications that we have so uh, yeah, I'm sorry we're not punk enough uh, for real punk 182 yeah. um, we're not gonna fix that you're not punk that's you know and I'm telling I'm telling everyone telling everyone. <sighs> telling everyone. Uh, well, I think it's probably I lost track of time. But it's probably about time to take a quick break here from our sponsors. When we come back, we will continue talking uh, to Maya from Queers to the Front about some of the bands and uh, some of the projects that are going on and, and just kind of life in general. So stay tuned. <laughs>
5: Hello, I'm Casey Ryan, and I'm Colin Ryan, and we're here to tell you about the new podcast coming to the Night Shift Radio Network. It's something two white cis dudes have never covered: Star Trek. But here's the twist: the omnipotent God is actually a malfunctioning robot. No, well, maybe. But the real twist is we roped our mom into it. That's me. Hi, Hi mom. mom. In the monthly podcast, we will cover all the Trek movies from the motion picture to beyond. Our lifelong love of Trek comes from being introduced to it by our mom at a very young age. But that's a story for the podcast. Look at you, mom. You're a natural. That's why I'm the Admiral. So join us September 8th for our monthly podcast, Where No Mom Has Gone Before. Available on the Night Shift Radio Network, wherever in subspace you catch your podcasts. Now. Which one is the one with the whales? Four. Action stations, action stations, set condition one throughout the podcast. I'm your host, and SC1 actual, Caleb.
1: I'm your host, an XO, Kitsy.
2: I'm your host, Andrea, and I don't know what any of that means. Welcome to set condition one. Battlestar Galactica Fancast. Each
1: week, we revisit. And I watch for the first time. The 2004 sci fi series, Battlestar Galactica.
2: Whether you're the commander of a soon to be decommissioned battleship. Or unexpectedly promoted to president of the Twelve Colonies.
1: Join us as we make our way through the Battlestar Galactica universe, one episode at a time.
2: I still don't know what you're talking about. Set Condition One, a night shift radio production.
1: New episodes every week at Set Condition One throughout the podcast.com.
2: Now that I understand.
1: Still listening to Left of the Dial. I am still Kitsy. Andrea is still Quinn. That doesn't really work. It works but, better with Caleb. His yeah. last name's Coy. So Caleb is Coy. Ah, uh, yeah, it works better. Andrea's still filling in for Caleb, though. That's true. That's happening. I can be Coy. Yeah, and uh, we're still talking to Maya from Queers to the Front. Thank you so much for being here.
2: Thank you for yeah. having me. In Our little studio. Yeah. Thank you for not leaving during the break.
1: Yeah, that would. Glad been, that, that, that you're still been... here. It's happened. <laughs> <laughs> I storm out sometimes. Mm-hmm. I've I've done it. I've left the podcast before. <laughs> Dang. Usually after Caleb makes a bad joke. <laughs> we take turns. Messing gotta, bad gotta show up jokes the ropes That's mm-hmm. not fair. Caleb's not here. I shouldn't shouldn't give him a hard time. But mm-hmm. speaking of Caleb, uh I am curious about how you got uh hooked up with the Y-axis, because mm-hmm. uh we covered them on our podcast not too long ago. And the reason we covered them is because Caleb is was co-workers with, I think, two of the band members. No way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so he found out about them through like work, mm-hmm. and then that's we... That's the weirdest possible way to find out about bands. I know. <laughs> and then we covered them on the podcast, and I loved their record. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, when I saw them pop up on your roster, I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, Hell yeah. That was not something I would have expected. So how'd that happen? How'd that come about?
3: Sick, yeah. So um, that's another connection via Pity Party, actually. Okay. okay. Um, so, the current drummer in the Y-axis uh, had a little stint as a temporary uh, fill-in drummer for Pity Party, uh, coincidentally also called Ash, um, <laughs> and so uh, so yeah, Ash knew that I was working with Pity Party and sort of like DM'd me out of the blue just being like, Hi, uh, you maybe know me from Pity Party. Uh, I'm doing this thing with this band and'll uh, be sick to to get some consultancy and some help with some marketing things. And um, And I was like, sure. And I think I, I just had had like a space in my roster free up or something like that. and um, yeah, frankly, also needed some money. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it all kind of worked out, worked out just fine. Um and now we've been doing kind of marketing consultancy together for maybe three four months. Still, still fairly new, but uh, yeah, we've got some, got some exciting stuff cooking. Um, that uh, neither can I really speak about publicly yet. <laughs> so I'm I'm sorry for being that for being that person with the mysterious. Well, announcements no, okay. that yeah, are you'll not just have announcements. Yeah, you check in with us
2: when you can. And yeah, we'll...
3: I. Uh, so I guess the way is can the next band that I shall bring into the left of the dial <laughs> <laughs> studio. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we should we should do a quiz front X left of the dial fest or something. I would be all yeah, about that. Let's let yes. let's do
2: it. Let's yeah let's talk let's about festival. it can happen. I wanted to do a, festival. <laughs> Dang, oh God, to do a festival for we've been yeah
1: yeah left of the dial festival and quiz the front festival. I like that. <laughs> that would be
3: so yeah. dope. It'd be
1: called.
2: Queers to the left. <laughs>
3: Front of left the of dial. The queer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, I like the idea. I've actually uh, been been sort of dreaming about a Questron festival for a while now. And I've always wondered where to do it. uh Philly. Philly. Obviously. <laughs> like no, or no, no, just in the sense of like where to do it legally in the first place, which mm-hmm. again, same thing, legally working in the US is friggin' nearly impossible mm-hmm. to do. Um, but doing it around Europe is nothing that sort of particularly excites me because in, in, not not really anywhere in Europe has, has my company ever really gotten a lot of traction and literally all of my artists are in the U.S. So um, The only place I would be down to do something in Europe would be the U.K., maybe in London. Which with Brexit cool. is a whole <laughs> other bag of worms. Exactly. That's uh, how people say that, right? Yes, that's the expression, is. whole bag, so bag of worms. It's, it's, a, it's a can of worms. <laughs> oh, okay, You can put the can in a bag, though. But, I, but sure. I usually do mm-hmm. that's that's very fair but yeah um, the, <laughs> <laughs> the, the the very not honestly like I've, I've said this a couple times now, but Philadelphia's always felt like sort of my home base uh, and Questron's home base in in the us and mm-hmm. sort of the home away from home. so uh obviously the very first Questron festival would take place yes. in, in Philadelphia, no Hell. doubt about that yes. And I know a really cool company that could like do the sound and live stream mm-hmm. the whole thing. So
1: mm-hmm. I, just and, need
3: uh, <laughs> I just I just wonder which venue we'd do it at, but uh, I'm sure we could find something. Just do it here. It's fine. Just do it here. Just do it right here. Just do here. House show. Yeah.
1: yeah. There you go. A house festival. <laughs> 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 That's a good idea, right? Yeah, I no, think. I'm sure we could we could figure out a venue. I bet I bet uh U Arts. UArts would be fantastic. Underground art. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, or F- Filamoca probably be a good place to yeah. do it too, Hell yeah. which yeah. is where we're going to be tonight. Yeah, Sick. I just
2: UArts has been yeah uh, working with them. Yeah, a I know other stuff and they've been. I didn't say. I just said. <laughs> <laughs> <All> I said. <laughs> um, so, for my debut, yeah, solo your solo project. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: your your art your performance art. That's right. Yeah, project. Yeah, um, we have gotten so off track. <laughs> Imagine that us off track. This
2: is usually Caleb is like our anchor, and the two of us just kind of spin out, and mm-hmm. Caleb periodically pulls he us back us in. He reels us back in, and he's
1: not here, so it's Dang. it's bad. It's bad. It's, it's...
2: Uh,
1: I had a question for you. Now I don't remember what it was. <laughs> oh, I remember what it was. So, uh, you keep saying there's like big things coming that you can't quite talk about yet, which is totally cool. We we totally get that. Um, but if uh if folks out there wanted to. Uh, know about those things as soon as they happen. Where could they find out? Uh,
3: anywhere that is at Quishfront on pretty much any social media out there. Okay. That is the place to go. Excellent. And you have a website as well, I believe? That's correct. Quishfront.com. Perfect.
2: And we we'll, I'm not your... So- what? This isn't my podcast. I was starting to... Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. It'll be in the show notes. It'll be in the show notes. And it'll be,
1: we'll tweet and share and post. Yeah, we'll and- do stuff. Hell yeah. And whatnot. Um... Cool. So let's see. Uh, you sent us over, t- I think, believe two more bands, and I can't remember off the top of my head who they are because I'm terrible. Um,
2: we talked about. Let's let's uh, let's talk about another one.
3: Hell yeah. Uh, so there's another band I've been uh, working with, doing uh, marketing consultancy for a while. Um, there's actually one thing that uh, the avid listener could check out because Match the Ghost uh, quite literally just released their very very first music video yesterday oh, oh nice um, a video for the song called Plum Summer we um, will put the link to that in the show notes mm-hmm. as well
0: I don't feel much of it
3: It's actually a really, really, really good video, and I'm I'm very impressed with uh, how it turned out. Um, yeah, uh, and if if you, the listener, uh, are a fan of uh, kind of like indie pop, sort of pop rock kind of melodies, and and fairly kind of like easy going uh, music to to just have a have a really nice time to, um, that, that that's your jam. And it's it's a very uh, summery video as well. It's about it's about sort of like looking back on the summer, but also reflecting on uh, kind of you know easier easier days in, in childhood and sort of finding back to the simple things. So that's what that's about.
2: Nice, really gorgeous song. I one of the things I noticed with all five of the artists, just kind of listening to them back to back, is. Um, just Really strong vocalists, mm-hmm. kind of across the board.
1: Oh, yeah, just you gotta have a strong vocal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, you, you gotta,
2: you, I mean, legally, you don't, no, legally, so, you do. So, um, <laughs> you know, just that that's something that it you clearly have an ear for.
3: Yeah, it's um, something I, I frankly, yeah, look for a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, but also I look for solid drums. Like, I will not work with a band that doesn't have solid drums. <laughs> I'll, I'll just put that out there. Gotta have solid drums.
2: I mean, drums and sure. vocals, I feel like. Yeah.
1: And then, like, bass and guitars, you, then you got a whole band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got those four
3: things. You're good, you're to, good go. to go. It's all you need. Mm-hmm. Yep. And whilst we're at it, one more artist to shout out, and then we're through uh, my current roster. Um, an artist that I literally just took into the roster, but a very exciting one by uh, the name of Casey Satterfield uh, out of Los Angeles. Um, very interesting solo artist. Um, and uh, yeah an artist that I feel has a lot of commitment, uh, has already lived sort of across different music cities uh, in the US, um, has a very exciting uh, record um, mm. that is ready to go and that we uh, may or may not just uh, be scheming on how to put that out in the best way now. but. <laughs> Uh, it's it's uh no. What excited me and what excites me about is to to be approached by an artist who's already done some stuff and, um, who who already has some good context, who's already started to build up the team and, um, who's just kind of been around, has taught nationally, um, has a really good eye for aesthetics, happens to be a graphic designer themselves and um yeah and just having an artist approach me be like i've got a record ready to go the masters are done um but the rest is sort of a plain play field <laughs> what do you think and me just being like well sorry to say this but probably we need to like bring this out in like 23 but what if we did something else in between and what if we did this and what if we you know um it's it's very cool to uh, to have the trust by an artist to really begin with a very plain play field and uh and really build up stuff from the very start of things, whilst already having a foundation to build on. Mm. So, yeah, um, that that that's my that's my current roster. That that's what I do.
1: So, what's next for you?
3: What's next? I um, I think focusing on artist management as much as I can. Like, I'll I'll be honest. Like, I I'm never. I'm never gonna, neither do I plan to ever make a lot of money off this, but what's next is hopefully uh, being able to fully um, pay all of my expenses and maybe have a little bit left to put on the side um, and just kind of live comfortably of that and uh, yeah, have my own office. That'd be very good to not work out of my bedroom anymore and Mm -hmm. yeah, just kind of live comfortably and maybe not having to work like 50, 60 hours a week, but more like 40, like a normal person. (laughs) There you so go. uh that is hopefully what's next um and uh yeah just kind of um maybe expanding the roster a little bit um, we we'll, we'll, we'll see um but yeah honestly my main goal is just to to be able to work normal hours work comfortably and sooner or later move the business over uh to North America
2: yeah i think those are reasonable more than reasonable goals and very
3: yeah i don't, yeah, good I ones. don't think that's I don't think it's too much to ask. <laughs> no,
2: certainly not. No, not at all.
3: Uh, well, what are you most looking forward to while you're here in the U.S.? Ooh, um, I think Philadelphia was definitely one of one of the places I was looking more, uh, forward to most. So I'm I'm genuinely having a ball of a time. Uh, I I, I got a shout out uh, that I've seen some uh, proper Philly car show already. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've I've had a really nice cheesesteak. Um, not to be too much on the stereotypes here, but I've I've uh, seen my fair share Philly bumps and learned about the importance of such. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned about uh, Philly infrastructure, and the potholes. <laughs> um, I uh, I totally did see somebody in uh, Northwest Philly um, getting their car clearly inebriated, putting a bag of drugs in the wheel well, uh, driving off not in a very straight line, and immediately. Go towards a fiber grade a brigade slash uh, police um, blockade off the streets. Uh, we did not follow the car. We did not want to get involved. Good, um, that's always a good, <laughs> uh, good uh, tactic. And then today, I saw the Wiener mobile. Um, what? The I'm not out? shitting you. I did see the Wiener mobile, and I took And no f- one told us. I no one told us. I took a photo with the Wiener mobile. <gasps> That's huge. That is big. That I, is I know. I know. So it wow. is a very large vehicle. It's, it's I feel like big. for the fact that I've just been here for a week, I feel like I've done. I've done Philly. Yeah. You know? I've, I've never done that, <laughs> and you, I live yeah. here.
2: All you've got to do now is find gritty.
3: Yes, um, I want to see gritty. I like joking aside. I actually would love to go see either the Eagles or the Flyers or the Blue. Not maybe not the Blue Jays. Baseball is. Uh, I. I just don't understand baseball, but. Uh, I, I would be so down to to see one of those two teams play.
2: The f- ice hockey hockey is the only um, sport that I have any interest in, mm-hmm. um, and the Flyers are super fun to watch. So hell yeah, that's who I'd recommend. I
3: did hear that the Eagles play on like Wednesday, I believe. So I kind of maybe maybe I may or may not be looking for a ticket. So I have no
1: idea. <laughs>
2: I, yeah, I don't know
1: when they play or how to get tickets. Or <laughs> I, I I know. I know so little about sports. Mm-hmm.
2: The only ones I care about are ones with really horrific mascots. So we've got Gritty.
1: Gritty I mean, is honestly the funniest mascot I've ever so seen in my life. I, love, I love Gritty because they, like they released him. And it was the most <laughs> Philly thing that I've ever seen where like they released Gritty. And and everyone in Philly was like, what the fuck is that? And then like the next day, the national news picked it up and we're like, what the fuck is that? And collectively, as a city, we all turned around and said, "Fuck you!" That's gritty. He's a national treasure. Right. We just collectively decided we were on board now because someone else was talking shit on him, and he's ours. And I oh, just gritty. I love that because it's such a Philly thing to do. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, and I was just listening to a different podcast, which I won't name because who cares about any other podcast but our own? Yeah. Um, but uh, no, um, the the Phillies, our baseball team, they have their mascot, who is. You know, decades older than than Gritty is the the Philly fanatic. Mm-hmm. And he is also a horrific monster. Yes. He's just not as vocal about it. Um, <laughs> and I love them both, but Gritty is very important to me. So.
3: Wait, who are the Blue Jays, though? Did I mix something up here? The...
1: Yeah, I don't know who the Blue Jays are. I don't know. Oh, I didn't, did There's you say? There's a baseball team I believe called the Blue Jays. Yeah, I don't know where they're some,
3: from. For some reason I thought they were the Philly team.
1: Caleb Scratched can tell that. us, he's a big baseball guy.
2: Yeah.
3: Um I have no idea. Yeah.
2: You're in good company here. Yeah. I only know the teams that I
3: i, I said live with, but I you did, know. What I, mean. I did watch some documentary on the on the Eagles, so so I know about that. Mm-hmm. And I know about the Flyers because of Grey. Right. Now so. I now I have to look up who the Blue, Blue Jays Days? are.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Trent and Thunder, but they're a uh... That's not the Blue Jays. No. no. They're also not a uh, you know. What are they? And not I don't know what the initialism is for the. Baseball. Oh, what's the
3: what's the basketball team though? The seventy
2: sixers. Oh. I had to think about that.
3: Toronto Blue Jays. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I just came from Toronto, so that makes that, sense. That um, is my yeah. defense on that. That okay. makes sense.
2: Yeah, nobody I nobody listening to this podcast is going to be upset that you confused a Philly baseball except team maybe a, Except maybe Caleb. But guess what? That's his fault for not being yeah. here. So Although he's
1: he's a Cardinals fan, so he's he's very much a St. Louis Cardinals fan. Birds
2: is birds, I yeah. don't know.
1: They're all birds. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Uh, this has been Sports Corner. <laughs> <on left laughs> Sports of the Corner dial.
3: with Maya from Chris <laughs> <Montan.
1: laughs> You know how we do. You know how we have that Sports Corner every week I on this podcast. It's yeah, it's my favorite corner. It's the best one. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Well, uh, before we <laughs> sign off, do you
3: have any <laughs> any parting words? Anything you want to plug? Uh, words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. Um, honestly, if you're listening to this and uh, you're marginalized and you're wondering how to break into the music industry. Um, and it all feels overwhelming. Um, I don't know, just know that you can you can do it um, and believe in what you have to offer to the world and uh, know that your story is probably a lot more interesting than the one from <laughs> the random white dude next to you. <laughs> that is I mean, nah, I mean like almost s- certainly true. Yeah. S- seriously, um, you, you you can do this, and uh, yeah, you are good enough and and worthy enough to to do this, and uh, the world deserves to hear your story.
2: All right. Yeah, you're not going to get any that's, better than that. That's beautiful. That's, I love that. I, um,
1: <laughs> I think that's that's going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This has been left the dial. I've been kitsy. Caleb has been missing. And uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week.